always kept locked. It was the garage. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving. Now you're running, running cars. Tell them it's your car and you do what you want with it. I own this car, I do as I please. I also own the highway. My taxes paid for that. They're both mine. I own the highway and I own the car. I own everything. Hey everybody, this is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is episode 36 of Throwing Wrenches. Welcome. 36. It seems like just yesterday we started, but uh, it's really 36 times since then. Yeah. And you know what? This is the auto podcast, Daryl, that doesn't stay parked too long. That's more like you, but I, I've been moving a little bit, as evidenced by my beautiful George Hamilton bronzed, oh, yes. tan, yeah. peeling forehead. I can tell that the convertible life is uh, definitely for you. Yeah, it's been nice. George been Hamilton nice. has nothing on you. Yeah, well, he's got a lot better <laughs> career and money bank account. I don't know about the career. He's got, I mean, your career's still budding. I would have to think at this point, his, either it's skin cancer or, you know, is he still alive? <laughs> I think he is. I don't think he's... I think he's kicked it. Uh, he was doing some Colonel Sanders uh, KFC commercials. Oh, no way. Which was actually really fitting for him. Oh, I'll have to check those out. He did look like extra tasty crispy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome right. back. Thanks for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, buckle your seatbelt because you don't know what is going to happen here. No. But uh, if you're coming back, if you're a repeat offender, we definitely appreciate you listening. Um, and we would like to say thanks to uh, the folks who helped make it possible. Yeah, one of those folks is Fort's Toyota Pekin at toyota-pekin.com. Uh, we say it all the time. Fort's Toyota is a family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois. They live the Toyota lifestyle, beautiful, functional, and high-quality cars and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Visit them at toyota-pekin.com or stop by Fort's at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin, Illinois. They always say they're 15 minutes from anywhere in the Tri-County area. And as I know, as I've said before... It's a true story with the Supra because I've done it. <laughs> Documented. Right. Yeah. Full disclaimer, I do work at Fort's Toyota. I am the service manager there. So if I seem a bit partial to the Toyota product, that is the case. Daryl Scott does not work at Fort's Toyota, but he seems to be partial to the Toyota product as well lately. Yeah, especially lately. I don't know. <laughs> they just keep appearing in the driveway. But that's fine. That's fine. Special thanks also to our other sponsor, Casey Law Office, on the web. You can check them out at clopeoria.com. The Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the result you deserve. No matter what your legal need, you can contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. Call, click, or stop by and discuss your claim free of charge. Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issue. Plus, Gabe Casey's just a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, he actually was on WEK last week. Did you see the no, clip? No, no, no. He won a giant case. And I say it's a giant case. It was a uh, electoral issue. Uh, the Libertarians were contested against the uh, Peoria Democrats on the ballot for ballot access. Oh, okay. And Gabe Casey actually defended that case. He was on, I saw him on WEK. No kidding. With his, with his cute little mustache. He has a mustache now? It's not good. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Even my kids who've seen it go... Yeah, he needs to shave that. I you saw know. I saw him this week. He had a beard. I'm like, what's that all about? He goes, yeah, I've had a few people say yeah, something some about the mustache. <laughs> saw me on TV. Yeah. I saw. Um, I was watching Stephen Colbert the other night. He had Jason Sudeikis on. By the way, huge Star Wars nerd. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, he's the guy on the uh, with the Jennifer Aniston, uh, the Millers, right? Yes. Great movie. The Millers I, that's or whatever. one of my favorite Sudeikis movies. Okay. It's, he's, he's hilarious in that. Uh, and Jennifer Aniston is great in it, too. Yeah, she's smoking as usual. But he was, <laughs> the whole time he was doing the interview, he had... Like the 1980s cop mustache, mm-hmm. and 
he was funny. It was a great interview, but the whole time I just kept staring at that going, what is going on? Dude, that's why I told Casey. And that's even my service advisor, Brandon, goes, dude, that stash. He's got, he's, he's, he's a, you know, he's, I, I don't want to say this in the worst. I mean, I know Gabe's say he's probably, a handsome man. He's a handsome man. He, Look he, at you. You were yeah. having, okay. No, no, okay it, it, it wasn't that. really. I was just going to say he's kind of a skinny, skinny, scrawny guy, but, uh, but he's got this strong black mustache. And it just, with blonde hair. It's, it, it's, was, it, was, it was not Tom Selleck. Mr. No, I said, man, if you had a bobby hat on with a nightstick, man, you just look like, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway. I've got the lower on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't pull off a mustache. I've tried. There's been a couple times where I've just, I've tried the Fu Manchu. I've tried the, you know, the retro 80s thing. I, yeah. it, it, everything I do, it just look like Jim Dangle from Reno 911. I can see that. It's it's not. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really struggling. I, uh, I. I as you get older, Daryl, yeah, you'll just uh, you'll become more accepting of your face. That's what I've done. I'm just I'm to the point now where I'm like, this is what makes me comfortable. Yeah, people may look at me and think that I look like uh, like I'm trying to be a Three Musketeer or something. Like I don't even care anymore. It's just <laughs> what I'm I'm comfortable with. So, hey, goatee. There's nothing wrong with goatees. Yeah. But- it's a mini goatee, according to the. Uh, to uh, Scott, no Jason, down in Aust- Australia. He, uh, mini goatee. He made some comment about my my mustache. <laughs> but, well, if you have feedback for <laughs> our facial hair or guest facial hair or you know sponsors, uh, just let us know. We're at info at thronewrenches We'd like to also give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters, everyone who uh, supports the stay uh, uh, the, the show here. We really appreciate that. It's a, it's a really easy thing to do. If you want to throw us a couple bucks, it helps us to uh, you know do things like come up with stickers and pay for internet hosting and all of that lovely traffic that Oh, uh, but you get that sweet pre-show, Daryl. Oh, that that is true too. I, I've had a couple people tell me that they think the pre-show is better than the regular show. Is that good or bad? I that scares me because then it just sounds like it's just social because the pre-show is really more of what, what Daryl and I are talking about, you know, during the show or stuff that we feel like uh, maybe we're, ex- I don't want to say ingratiating the stories a little bit more that maybe we condense down for the regular yeah. show. Uh, but I would say even the Steve Brown show was an example of maybe there was some commentary and some filler in there that we didn't feel was maybe quite appropriate. And I think we kind of held back a little bit on that just because we thought it was more fun too, right? Yeah, I agree. It was a great interview. Uh, I love the pre-show too because we, we did dive a little bit deeper into uh, the logistical part, yeah. um, which was fantastic. Now this, oh, and I will say this too. I mean... Oh man, I don't even know where to put this part. But I, when driving back from Colorado, uh-huh. I would be lying if I didn't say I was wasn't trying to be like Steve Brown. I just I tried so hard. Drop the hammer. I, and I just... left at eight o'clock from Uray, p.m., knowing it's a nineteen-hour drive. Yeah, and I got to like almost to Kansas City, and I'm like, I'm done. It was five thirty in the morning. I stopped at a rest stop and slept for ninety just minutes. Couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. Now, granted, I'd been up all day, but sure, uh, and I might have been able to make it. It's but tough I, to drive all all the way across the country. No, no, there's there's no way. Never getting out of your chair. First off, I had to get out and pump gas just because it stretched my legs. Yeah. The fact that he could sit there like it's a recliner, you know, and, <laughs> and never move, never put gas in the car, just yeah. eat a couple whatevers, protein drink bars, a, yeah, yeah, and drink a few uh, five hour energy drinks and just chill for twenty seven hours straight. That right there is a testament and endurance right there alone. Try and do that upstairs in your recliner. Can't. No. Can't do couldn't it. Couldn't do it. Well, plus I'm also up at the fridge getting something to eat or drink yeah. you know, about every hour. No. So. You couldn't do it. Bathroom stops too. And then for nothing, to do it all for <laughs> nothing. 
<laughs> for the glory. Yeah, for the pat on the back, the hearty handshake, the warm glow of victory. It's it's for for the glory and the honor. Isn't there like a Peter Cetera song from Karate Kid about that? Something at the end when he like whoops Johnny's butt. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. There's something. That's the only reason I want to get YouTube uh, red, by the way, is just so I could watch Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai? Yeah. I did not watch that one. That was that was a huge thing like last summer, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, I should watch that. I should watch that. Well, here it is a year later. I still have it. Oh. But I'll be darned. I saw a trailer <laughs> for the new Bill and Ted. Yes. I'm I, totally going to watch that yeah, movie. I, oh, let's, we'll make it a Throwing Wrenches right. Day. All right. All right. All right. Uh, also, uh, we did get some feedback. So we got a lot of feedback this week. Yeah, and, we sure uh, did. Yeah. So, I mean, Narks, Narp, oh my God. Mark okay. Narks. Mark Narks, which is a great name, by the way. Love and, it. And he has a, uh, a custom shop. Down in Arkansas, which I probably could swing by on the next time going to Southern Cruiser Crawl. But it's Narcole- Narcoleptic Customs. Easy With an me. X. Yeah. N-A-R-X. Yeah. Leptic Customs. Yeah. He does a podcast, and he wanted to do some kind of a podcast swap. Here's the deal, folks. And I, we had uh, some folks who were going to talk about giving us a book this week. We had another guy who's got a friend who did Daytona and then drove his car back from Daytona. He was an old vet. Brilliant story, and I and I so want to talk to this guy, but everybody wants to talk over the phone, or they want to do it over Skype or Zoom or something like that. Yeah. Uh, if you've heard our socially distant or essentially distant episode, you know that we lack the technology to make this happen convincingly, and 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 to the point that you even want to listen to it. So was that early March? It was bad it, back then. Yeah, it was we, like it, early was, days of the we, shutdown. Yeah, the COVID we, shutdown. we did like a panic episode because we hadn't done a show in like five or six weeks. So yeah. Um, anyway. We appreciate the feedback, and we do want to talk to people who are in the car hobby, especially in the Peoria, Bloomington, Champaign, even Quad City, maybe Madison area, even Chicago. We might make it happen, but but frankly, if I can't do it face to face, we're probably not going to do the show right now. So, and it makes it difficult. I mean, I know everybody's doing the Skype thing, and you know, if you watch late night TV, you know, uh, people like you know Jimmy Fallon are doing Skype interviews yeah. with people. But you know what? To be honest, they probably have some. Giant satellite-powered, amazing Dude. kit. They must drop off. No, but because- I listen to Marin. He's doing. He's interviewing Ellen Page right now, and I and I love Ellen Page. Yeah, I have a crush on Ellen Page. I, you know, I'm sure Ellen Page has lots of guys like me that still want her, no matter what her preferences are. Right. Um, they might have, but, they, but she he, might have blocked you already. Yeah, but. she might have. But uh, they're doing the interview over Skype or Zoom or something like that, and it's it's barely listenable for me because first off. You don't get the emotion. You don't right. get the candor. You don't. You don't get the interaction if it's not live and face to face. Or uh, the audio quality. Uh, let's be honest. If you're listening to a podcast, all you have is the audio. Yeah. You don't have the video to take your mind off it, or you know, soundtrack or whatever. You just have that. And if the audio quality is painful to listen to, or it's tinny, or you know, you're you're, you're talking like this for two yeah. hours, yeah. yeah, and it buffers. That's annoying. Yeah. So. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll be able to work something out. But I totally agree. And uh, you know, Eric and I have, have always prided ourselves on the fact that this show. You know, I've canceled shows because the quality sucked. Well, yeah, it's not perfect, <laughs> but you know what? We try to maintain a pretty decent product so yeah. that you're not having to to you know now <laughs> cover your ears. Now there is one concession, Daryl. I've yeah. said that there is one guest. Yeah, there's an exception. There's, there is one person that had he contacted us and said, "I'm going to do a show with you," uh-huh. but the only way I can reach you is over the internet. Uh, I would actually take this show to some place with fast internet, whether that's a McDonald's or a Casey's, and make that happen. Sit in the parking lot. Who yeah. would that guest be? That or? would be Mr. Elon Musk. Yeah. What are the chances? Would, uh, what if What if his agent did reach out and they're like, you know, Mr. Musk would like to have well, a conversation? Well, we'd make that happen, wouldn't we, Daryl? Uh, maybe. I mean, Barack Obama was on Marin and made his show happen, so we True. get Elon Musk on this show and make it happen. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what we talk about. I mean, would he just say, why do you insult me so much? Why, why do you insult me? So, I, I need a South African devious accent. I need to, I need to work on that. I think I'm going to take some Lethal lessons. Weapon 2. Okay. That's all you need to watch. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2 or The Power of One. So anyway, that, that's the long way of saying thanks for all the support, but we're not talking to you unless we can talk to you face to face. Sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah. So folks, I think it's time to explain who we are as people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're only 10 minutes in, if you don't know. 15. Sorry. 15? Yeah. Oh, we're talkative. <laughs> Make it quick. All right. Folks, my co-host, Eric Stahl, answers the call of the wild more than anyone else I know. While 80% of the world plops into a recliner. <laughs> we just talked about recliners. <laughs> we were. It's a big theme. <laughs> and cues up something awful on Netflix, like... Umbrella Academy. Cobra Kai. Eric hops into a GR Supra or a purpose-built trail rig, and he makes his way to the next adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, the guy who inspired all of the cool people in those juicy fruit commercials from the 70s and 80s, Eric Stahl. I got rid of all my short shorts, so I can't really say I'm like those juicy fruit folks. But uh, Do you have skis? Oh, yeah. I have skis. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry, Joe. I, I'm, I'm that cool. You're right. I Thanks for the, thank, thank you for the love there. But you may not know my co-host, Daryl Scott. He's a car guy, but he's also an ex-pro radio jock. Mm. He's also a paid social media expert. Right. But he knows how to take care of a toddler in a pinch. You may not know that. <laughs> and he'll be taking those huggies and whatever cash you got. He's Daryl Scott. Beautiful reference. <laughs> Raising Arizona. One of the classic Cullen Oh, Brothers you had to films. give it away. Just Google that, folks. Jesus. That's, that's to make it f- more funny for those who aren't yeah. total film you know, it's, nerds. It's buy three, get three DVDs at Mega Replay right now. And Raising Arizona is sitting there. I think I may have to go back. Oh, you didn't get it? No, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I was stupid. I, I think did, my folks. I did pick up City Slickers. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't the cow's name Virgil in that? I don't remember. I just remember the, Cookie. Uh, cookie. <laughs> uh, is that what Jack Palance says? Yeah. I crap bigger than you. <laughs> exactly. He's that got may, some that great... That may be two. I don't remember. But yeah, that's a great movie anyway. <laughs> He's got right. some great one-liners right. in that movie. Anyway, thanks for listening. And please share this on all the social media sites. I even share this thing on LinkedIn. Even Twitter a couple times I put some posts out there. Uh, we do appreciate all the support. And we do get our best... Uh, recommendations by word of the mouth. Also, like we've always said, if you know some gearheads, you know some people in the Peoria area who might be great in the show or have something to talk about, we'd certainly love to talk to them. And we've gotten a couple new fans. Yeah. But, man, I think even a few of those guys are some uh, resto mod guys and some body shop guys might make great interviews. So uh, look out for that stuff in the future. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So we, I think we did a show, what, three weeks ago or so? Yeah, something like that. But it seems much like this pandemic time just stands still. It feels like I don't know, four years ago. So what the heck have you been up to, man? I've <laughs> been all over the place. You, you've been everywhere, man? <laughs> yeah, I've been everywhere, man. And me and Johnny Cash. Um, so I, I, we did our annual trip to uh, U-Ray uh, a couple weeks ago. So here's the deal. Normally every year the, the Forge Trail team, a couple guys in our, our Toyota trucks go out west and we do some camping and uh, have a little bit of fun. And we make it like a big event. You know, we have, I mean, I think in the past we've had seven or eight trucks uh, this year, because of the pandemic, I literally, to the last second that we left, I didn't know that we were going to go. You know, Colorado's been so weird. Utah's been so weird. I think even New Mexico said you couldn't leave the state and come back and still, you know, you need Just two super, weeks quarantine. Super restrictive. Yeah. So Jake Irish and I and uh, Matt, um, I won't, Matt, I think he listens to the show, Matt Mongren, and, uh, and my buddy Don from San Diego, who I know listens, Patreon subscriber, um, we all met up in Moab and 
this is not how we normally would do this trip. Uh, you know, I normally would be open. I want to be inviting. I talked to so many customers about all the great things you do with your Toyota trucks. But this year, because of the way things are, I just, first off, I don't want to be a risk with the dealership. I didn't want to make promises to people yeah. and then not be able to follow up on them. Sure. So we just literally said, let's wait till Southern Cruiser Crawl. Let's wait till something like that. Well, those events have now been canceled. October has just been wiped out by COVID scheduling. So, you know, we're regrouping even on that. But so we had four trucks show up out in Moab. It rained for two days in Moab, which is was rare. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen that in my life. But it was really cool because it made everything like really orange, and it took the dust down. Uh, and the weather was like fifty-five degrees at seven thousand feet. So oh, we nice. had great camping weather, cooked out. You know, the one thing I love about these trips is you know we do a little bit of wheeling. Jake and I went to uh, the Sand Flats Recreation Area, which is is world famous for camelback or no lion's back and uh, fins and things and Hell's Revenge. All these unique obstacles um but jake took his 2016 land cruiser i'm pretty sure it's 2016 jake sorry if i butcher that um and i took the 2013 tacoma with a camper top on it and we did fins and things had a great time wheeling he brought his daughter i went solo this time which kind of sucked but is what it is but camped cooked Stopped at several places and camped in, uh, it was open range where we camped a couple nights. Oh, nice. Very weird. Have cows walking through yeah. all night. The whole night? Oh, yeah. They don't go to sleep? Uh, they, they do, but then they start honking at four thirty five a.m. I've never heard cows make racket like I heard on this trip, but can you keep it down? Yeah. One night we had this, uh, this old, I mean, I'd call him like the old prospector from the Brady Bunch roll up. How are you kids doing? You know, I'm like, Oh, who's this guy? You know, this is like a legit rancher. Yeah. This rancher rolled up in his, his, uh, quad and, uh, Don was Don was probably right on this. Don's like, I think he was looking for a beer. The whole reason he stopped at our campsite, he's probably hoping we'd offer him a beer. Well, did you? No, we didn't offer him a beer because it was four in the morning. No, <laughs> it was it was after we were setting up for camp. I mean, we weren't real neighborly. I guess we probably should have done it. Yeah, but, I would have thrown the guy yeah. a beer, but he was nice enough. But he and, might have been like, I don't drink the weird beers. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's an IPA. There, what are you there talking about? There was no Pabst Blue Ribbon. I did get some Upslope beers, uh, some experimental IPA, and a Kolsch. Anyway. Nice. Um, but uh, I asked the rancher, I said, and the guy, the local rancher, cash, or, you know, quotation marks, um, I said, what's up with all these cows? He goes, oh, they'll be gone in a week or two. They just kind of come through here. I'm like, is this normal? He goes, oh, yeah, it's always normal. So I think we'd come at a later time. We usually come a little bit earlier in July, so maybe we just kind of caught a weird time. But it, it, it was definitely fun to watch, you know, some of these guys and their kids and the cows, and there was entertainment for them and stuff, so... That was a great trip. So yeah, something, uh, something different and, and good to get out. Even you know, even with everything being crazy right now, uh, it's nice to be able to at least get out and do something totally yeah, different. Yeah, it, it you know, of course, it was my twenty fifth wedding anniversary. One of the days I was out. Of course, my wife hasn't let me live that down. I had I think no signal. Oh, I had no signal whatsoever where we were at. We did the Rimrocker Trail, which is a trail that goes from uh, Moab over to Montrose, Colorado. And you know, Montrose is a high desert, um, but you're literally in the middle of nowhere. We went through a little town called Nucula. That's, <laughs> that's a, a lot name. of uranium mines or something. It's a really weird little town, but there was no signal there. And so I never could reach my wife. I couldn't get payroll out. You know, I had to kind of kind of wing some stuff. And uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, so I owe my wife big time for that. And then, you know, of course, I wasn't doing that huge. You know, I did 3,000 miles. In six days on that trip. Solo. 
Yeah, yeah, so, that's a long trip. Yeah, it's five hundred miles a day. I mean, really, nine hundred miles of it were two days each. But anyway, um, but the the Tacoma you took out there, anything special with it? Or? Oh yeah, so so that was kind of different because we talked about this before. I was going to make Tree Hugger two. We're going to make you know Tree Hugger two point And um, dude, the market is nuts. You try and find a used four runner right now, in in reasonable condition for a decent dollar amount. And don't get me wrong, I mean, you know. I could cry a river and say, oh, I want this forerunner here, and I think I need this and this. I'm not that guy. I think realistically, a you know, 120,000-mile forerunner that's that's five or six years old is probably all we need to make this truck happen. But those trucks aren't really showing up that aren't twenty three dollars or $24,000 wholesale, which just seems that's a lot. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I said some Mike said, well, I just need to spend some money, Mr. Fort, uh, my boss, uh, who owns the truck that I drove. Um I said, well, I could do a few things to tree hugger to make it happen, but realistically, if we're gonna we're gonna put tree hugger and mothball it or get rid of it, it seems kind of stupid to spend two or three thousand dollars on maybe some suspension and maybe some uh, tires and brakes and stuff like that. So he said, hey, take my 2013 Tacoma. It's only got thirteen thousand miles, twelve thousand miles, something like that. Oh wow, yeah, okay. yeah, it's got a supercharger on it. Oh, by the way, it's got an AT Overland uh, Summit topper on it, which is aluminum, weighs like two hundred fifty pounds, pops up. It's a beautiful thing. It's got an ARB drawer system in it. Um, so it's, it's got ARB fridge. It's always on. It's it's set up for what you <laughs> yeah, need. It. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a dual battery set up in it, so you can just turn that on and off and have power to charge everything and run your fridge all night while you sleep. Beautiful. It was tough. It was it was really yeah. rough in it. Compared to Tree Hugger, what do you think? Uh, well, here's the deal. I love the truck. I love camping with the truck. Didn't mind driving it. Uh, I think I could have aired down just a little bit more because the ride is pretty rough in a Tacoma with a with an old man emu lift on it. It was a two and a half inch suspension lift, but it's actually got uh, it's a little more tightened up because of that topper on it. But when I got in Tree Hugger, when I got home, it was like putting on an old shoe, and it was so soft. Yeah. And, and the the ride was so much better. I'm like, oh god, this is what I remember. We got into a spot when we were in Uray. Uh, normally, when we go to Uray, there's a, we can camp. Uh, just yeah, we go up to Amphitheater Campground. I'm going to describe this a little bit for people. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Go up to Amphitheater Campground, and right before the National Park Campground area, uh, there's like a little side road, and there's some camp spots that are up a ways. And we had done that last year and found a spot. And we thought, oh, we'll get that again this year. Well, that spot was taken. U-Ray was a madhouse. U-Ray had people like, oh, God. It was like the streets of New York City. Just packed. It was nuts. Huh. And, you know, even the locals are like, we've had enough. Um, <laughs> but, Go home now. We're closed. Yeah, but we got up there at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we kept going and going back and back and back up this road. And finally, we got to the last campsite all the way at the top of this ridge. We were literally the, the last spot you'd go. At that point, you're falling off a cliff. And we, we got that campsite. And all night there were cars pulling up there trying to get that spot. But but I remember uh, thinking as I drove the, four, the the Tacoma up there, while it was a capable truck, had plenty of horses, a supercharger made it uh, easy. Imagine. Even in the mountains, a supercharger, <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, tree Hugger would have just galloped up it, short wheelbase, spun, spongy suspension. Yeah. Would have been a lot easier climb up there. Sure. But I certainly wouldn't have been as comfortable in my, my tent as I was in this camper truck, so it's pretty slick. I saw a couple of pictures. Where, yeah. You know, you, you always take really good pictures. So if anybody wants to wants to follow, yeah, I'll see if I yeah go to Fort's Trail Team or follow the Fort's Trail Team on yeah. Facebook. That's where I try and post a lot of stuff, and of course the Instagram for Fort's Toyota also. And you guys ate well. I mean, I'm a big guy. I like to eat. I like food. I like cooking. And you're 
Dude, that's cookbook. half the that's half the game. Dude, the it was like Instagram worthy. All yeah. the stuff they're making, like skillet mountain man <laughs> breakfasts and all this stuff with like fresh peppers and zucchini. I'm like, man, I don't eat this good at home. And they're no. out there in the middle of the I desert. Gained five pounds that week. Are you serious? Oh, I get, yeah, I came home. I mean, I I think half of it was whiskey and beer, but uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a great time, though. No, it's it is great, and uh, you know, we learn so much when we do these trips, and I love to share that advice. So, if, you know, if anybody wants tips on where to go, what to do, you know, how our trucks did, I'd love to share that knowledge. Sure. So, uh, great time. And then, you know, of course, when I come home, it's nothing to drive up to Madison, you know, three and a half hours. Yeah, that was like right away. Yeah, the next weekend to do a road rally with my daughter. I took the GR Super up to the uh, Madison, it was the, the Milwaukee SCCA Badger Burrow Rally. Uh, I, took the, I took the Supra, the 2020 GR Supra, the Forts race car, and I, my daughter took her pre, our 2013 Prius, 2014 Prius plug-in with her boyfriend and then she promptly beat us in the badger burrow rally and the time time speed rally yeah she beat us i think the deal is so time speed rally everything's mapped out everything's laid out in front of you you know average 45 miles an hour for 1.39 miles turn left at blah blah yeah but they ran the whole course in a honda fit and the guy in the honda fit i guarantee his numbers married very closely to how that prius probably operated if you jump on a prius you know for 1.39 miles yeah uh, it probably doesn't stand off to. I mean, you jump on a GR Supra for you know, <laughs> dude. I was all over the place. My numbers were whack. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. In the first couple segments, I think my wife and I might have murdered each other. It didn't go well. <laughs> no, but it was good because it was a bonnie. You know, my daughter took her boyfriend. I think it was kind of one of those things where like you know, they've been together for eight months, or whatever. So she's kind of feeling them out. See, you know, can yeah. you handle this? Sure. So it was good. It, believe me, if, from doing three of these now. If you can do that with a significant other or a date or something like that and not murder each other, that's 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 a, that's a good sign. That's proof that maybe you're destined yeah. to be together. Yeah, and and so that's the third one of these I've done, and I've, I'm Daryl. I'm so much stronger now in this yeah. this field. I think at some point we're bringing it. We're getting it down. It's going to come to Peoria. I can feel it. Okay. Well, good. I yeah. would love to see something like that happen because a lot of those events, it seems like Wisconsin, Wisconsin always has had a very active group of either SECA people or even vintage yeah, what's uh, car up with clubs. That? We got Chicago. You'd think we have so many people. Too much traffic, man. Too, uh, there's nowhere in that there, whole, in the Collar County area. But even at like Wheaton, I mean, there's these, yeah. these Collar communities, you think that they would have car aficionados like, yeah, let's organize events. Let's do this. Let's do that. There's some of that. There's a there's a vintage uh, fall thing we always do with my my dad's uh, antique automobile club up there, but again for me to drive up there in something old and then go drive around all True. day and yeah. then drive home I don't I never do it I usually run up there get in one of his cars and we have fun, but that's like once or twice a year. Yeah, uh, it seems like the active rallies up in Wisconsin. That you, I mean, there's there's one every month. Dude, the Driftless region is what they call that area in, yeah. in the southwest Wisconsin. I guess apparently it wasn't like eroded by the glaciers. And yes, so it's, it's just all up and downs, up yeah. and downs. And all these country roads follow the valleys of the of the uh, the valleys, these Kettle little areas. Moraine is what they call it, I believe. Okay. It's, it's, then, it's part of – it's yeah, it's, it's glacial, but it's absolutely – it's beautiful country. It, it is there. beautiful. It's yeah. all up and down. It's it's the weirdest thing for the Midwest. It's it's beautiful. So yeah, you're either on the high side of the ridge, and then you go to the low side of the ridge, and then you're yeah. back on the high side, and they just keep they zigzag these courses back and forth. I'm starting to get real familiar because it seems I feel like we're hitting some of the same roads. You've probably been on. Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter. It, the they're county gorgeous. roads up there, they're all uh, letters. 
Yeah. It's all like yeah, AB turn on or MG. N-N or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody, uh, Illinois people probably can relate to Galena. If you've been out to Galena. Very similar. Very similar to, uh, topography. And imagine Galena, but add like 200 miles. And it's just, it's a great time. Especially for a car that's just a lot of fun to drive. Even if you have a smaller, lower horsepower car, a, a little stick shift fit or a Civic or something like that. It'd be blast. I, I, there, be blast. That was, the, uh, there was two Priuses there. Were they? Yeah, we weren't the only Prius. So, you know, I I, I think it's really a matter of skill and navigation mm-hmm. and teamwork. It's a great event. So I, I think if we run one of those around here, we uh, we really sell it that way. It's just, yeah. it's just a lot of fun for a couple or two friends, you know, to work together all day. I think we should probably right. look into that. All right. I think we're going to make that happen. All right. All right. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Daryl. And now, no, no, now no, here's fine. where I feel guilty because I've... As I've been gallivanting the United States doing my thing, I have not been watching you. Other than the fact you take pictures now of kids running around your house, which I'm shocked by. Yeah, yeah. Our niece, uh, we've got a, a two-year-old niece that uh, spends some time. We babysit her once a week so her parents can get a little date night in there. And uh, it's been fun. And she absolutely loves anything with wheels on it. That's cool. Which is great. And I'm not like trying to, you know, <laughs> you will like cars yeah. because then we will bond, you know. <laughs> but she just loves anything. She's two. Right. She's two. <laughs> But she loves to. She likes going for a walk. She's got a little trike that she takes on. You know, uh, we've got a little bike trail near our house that she is all about. And then when we get home, she wants to go right to the garage to see the old cars so she can sit in them and play and push the buttons and stuff. And that's something that my dad always let me do. Yeah. You know, um, even as a as a youngster, whenever we had something old, even if it was old and brittle and something that was you know could break, you know, a piece of plastic or an old, you know, rusted piece of chrome or something like that, he always. Nothing was off limits, and that's that's the way we are too. If she wants to go in in the fifty five Plymouth and just make vroom vroom noises and steer the wheel and jump around or whatever, I used to do that too. Yeah, dude. Until my grandpa yelled at me, <laughs> get on the Cadillacs. I, I had a neighbor. I had a neighbor <laughs> who yelled at me because I was playing with the the. Um, he had left a Caprice Classic. He left the windows down, and it had power windows and power locks. And I, I'm like, what are these buttons? And I kept hitting the power lock button. <laughs> and the guy, I still remember, he's like, hey, get the hell out of there. But I thought it was the coolest thing. And yeah. then, of course, I went home. And, Back when they were big chrome silver <laughs> buttons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, big giant solenoids making noise. <laughs> I remember I'd go home, Mr. Mr. Swanson yelled at me. Well, what were you doing? I was touching the button in the car. Well, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> go play in the garage or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but in between that, um, basically just working, 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 and then uh, when I'm not working, just doing little piddly stuff out in the garage. I don't know if I said in the last show or not. My wife and I now have a new vehicle. I think the, so. Uh, the Steve Brown show, we may not have talked much about that. I don't think. I, I, I think, think we kind of joked about it. Maybe cars of the week. Yeah, yeah. I actually did pick up. My wife and I picked up a uh, 2007 Toyota Solera convertible. So that's three Toyotas. So we have three now. Yeah, uh, wasn't actively looking, but uh, it was an opportunity that came up. And <laughs> it was, a, yeah, it was just one of those sweet opportunities. Just yes. like, all right, yeah. And my wife missed having a convertible. We had a convertible many years ago, and uh, this happens to be a convertible. And I will say this. Uh, that's a great platform because it's for folks who aren't super interested. <laughs> not like there's a giant group of Solara enthusiasts. No, they're all eighty, but you know. yeah, they are. I do feel like I should be a realtor in like the villages or something. Oh, absolutely. You know? uh, oh, no, you gosh. got the dark colors. If it was diamond white, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am wearing Easy Spirit uh, walking shoes. <laughs> no, but, but I will say it's a great long wheelbase 
decent sized car that I can fit in as a big guy. You know, we put my folks in there. We drove around town a little bit. We put 700 miles on if this If you thing. can get your folks in there yeah. and drive that car around, yeah. That's, comfortable. Yeah. We were comfortable. Um, and the nice thing is those cars are now starting to come into their own, I think. Yeah. Because there's nothing like it. Nobody makes a mid-sized convertible. Buick tried with that Cascada. Which basically, if you park a Cascada, I was at the Cascada sec- like every time we touch, I get it. it, it. I'm going to play that right now. I was thinking of the dishwasher yeah. detergent. Oh. oh, that's Cascade. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, if you park one of those next to a Solera, it looks like the same car. Yeah. It looks like they just hit con- you know copy, control V, paste it, yeah. and but nobody Geek's makes big. a nice uh, midsize convertible anymore. So that's why I like it. Uh, we've put 700 miles on it. We love the thing. It's great. Uh, we're just going to do some quick cosmetic stuff to it. There's a real lack of convertibles. I mean, we've got Mustangs and Camaros, but uh, does Dodge even offer a convertible? No. It? I think they stopped making the, uh, what was it, the Sebring? I think that was the other one. That well, was, that was a Mitsubishi. That wasn't really a Dodge. It was a Chrysler yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they, they, they evolved that um, after, even after the DSM mm-hmm. thing collapsed. They... They still try to do it. I don't. That's a good question. I don't think they do no. make one. Maybe you know what? Maybe the next uh, race daily kill. We should look for midsize convertibles, convertibles that any, are not any, pony cars. Any convertibles? Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, so doing some brake work on that. I just ordered about three hundred dollars worth of brake parts, so I'm going to replace pretty much everything on there. Um. And then I'm <laughs> I'm doing brake work. The '55 Plymouth. I had that out recently, and uh, the when you hit the brakes, obviously four wheel drum. And the Chrysler's of that era used a weird dual wheel cylinder setup in the front developed by Lockheed. And they're they're great when they're adjusted and they work. But when they don't, they're a nightmare. A dual wheel wheel cylinder. Oh my god. Yeah. Is there like side they side by side or is there one on top, one on yeah. bottom? One one on top, one on the bottom. Oh, and Jesus. there's this like hard steel line inside. <laughs> Dude, it's a nightmare. Uh, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, and I've had to every since every single car that I buy used needs brake work every single car so uh i went through the brakes i don't know five years ago and i bought it i've had to go through them a couple more times just bleeding and adjusting bleeding and adjusting so that's what it needed but i had it out uh for the fourth of july and the thing when i hit the brake it wanted to go into the basically into the ditch one wheel would just grab and just pull so i fixed that and then my 47 chevy i'm like you know what i haven't driven this all season i'm gonna take this out of storage Started it up, starts great, pull it out of the unit, brake pedal goes right to the floor. <laughs> and I know we rebuilt the wheel cylinders when we redid that car in 2010, but um, I think I think they're probably, one of them leaked, probably leaked all the fluid out. It's got a newer master cylinder in it. I wound up ordering all new wheel cylinders, brake pad, uh, brake shoes, sorry, and hardware. And I'm just going to go through it and just bleed them, adjust them, put all brand new stuff on it. That's one of those. You're prices. a better man than me. Well, it's one of the th- it's one of the trade offs. Everything that sits, the brakes usually go. Every single car, because you know, I don't put the silicone stuff in because I've heard mixed reviews about that. A lot of the old car guys, Jay Leno. If you watch Jay Leno's, goes, hey, we converted to silicone because they don't have to worry about it. Well, it still gets gummy, and <laughs> if you're not driving it and yeah. using it, silicone's got to settle, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it gets weird too because it's. I mean, if anybody's messed with silicone, anything, it's. Weird, goopy crap. Brake fluid, at least you spray some perchlorate brake cleaner on it, wipes off, evaporates, yeah. it's gone. That silicone almost is like a greasy oil, and it's it's just really difficult. This is is this similar to like the new chain grease that they the silicone chain grease? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. But there's like a layer. I mean, if you don't shake that stuff, 
you get like a they separate it separates it separates you have the you have the propellant in the can and then you also have like whatever weird oil and then yeah. you have the actual silicone junk so yeah. same thing yeah i can't imagine that's good for any kind of uh, brake system no the only the only benefits is it's not as high hygroscopic hydroscopic whatever it doesn't absorb the water but then it also supposedly doesn't eat paint i still wouldn't want it on the paint but yeah. what i need to do i need to be better about doing this is just every season probably just bleed the brakes, put new fresh fluid in, and adjust it. Well, I think so. the problem you have, Daryl, is as you get more and more vehicles, that job becomes more time-consuming. That's the other thing I'm realizing. <laughs> After nine vehicles, um, most of them sit all the time. And then when I do want to take it out, I'm thinking I'm Jay Leno. I'm just I'm going to take the Volvo out for a spin. Yeah. It's been sitting for nine months. And guess what? It doesn't run. Um, no, but it's just I need to make more money and pay someone to do this crap for me. Uh, and then the only other thing, not to prolong the uh, the, the misery here, <laughs> in the Scott Car Museum. In the Scott Car Museum, I did find finally uh, a complete replacement exhaust system for our '69 Volvo 144. Whoa! Whoa. Turns out they are no longer being made by, I believe, um, the company was called Starla, which I believe is a Walker subsidiary, like Dynamax Walker. Um, they don't make the stuff anymore, and they're getting harder to find. And I could have probably taken it and gotten a full custom Ryan's exhaust. Ryan's muffler shop, yeah. I just I don't want to mess with that. Yeah, so. Central Illinois Automotive Classic. Where'd I go for a muffler? Ryan's. Ryan's go yeah. to Ryan's for everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan's like, I'm busy because exactly. everybody comes here. Um, no, so I, I did order one. The only thing I will say is ordering from Swedish companies is amazing because I ordered it, and it was at my house in two days. Do you use Google Translate? No, but I should have used it because here's how this here's how this one company, VP Auto Parts, shout out, great, I've ordered several things from them. But their web store is you try to put stuff in and mm-hmm. it lets you it's it's in English, so you can you can translate it and switch which language. You put stuff in your cart and then when you go to pay for it, it's like, We'll call you. And then they call you and they're like, Hi, we need the credit card number. And Kroners. And and I'm like, who are you? I'm Marisa Nielsen. And I'm like, oh. And then, then they send an email so you like with the number so they know it's it's legit. Yeah. But I'm still giving this strange person well, people give me strange you know, strange people give me their card. credit card numbers all day long. So Well, you know, I did check my statements and everything's fine, but uh two days later it was in my house. And it was great. It was packed perfectly. And two days later, two days later. So they actually have a warehouse in South Carolina. They're shipping North uh, North American stuff too. Yeah. So that's great. But I have I have in the past had to wait you know six to eight weeks for yeah. stuff. Great, but um, yeah, in twenty twenty, you'd think their their e commerce yeah. would be a little bit better, but whatever. Anyway, so that's what I'm working on. Good stuff. It's fun as usual. We, you know, nothing table. nothing less than I would expect. Now, uh, one thing I'll say, and this reminds me of a story. Yeah. Because we're nothing but stories here, right? You and I, we're, we're in the biz, so we, you know, right. people want to know this stuff. I had to actually ship something last week. I had a transmission I had to ship down to Florida uh, to Ace Transmissions in Tampa, Florida, or something like that. Astro, get, it was Astro Transmissions, actually. Was it to get rebuilt, or uh, yeah, it yeah. was a it was a Supra, nineteen ninety Supra, uh, non turbo, but a guy, his dad and him had bought it and he was restoring it. Awesome. Nice car, needs a little bit of work, but the tranny was shot, and you can't get a transmission for this thing. So Astro down in Tampa said they could rebuild it. Well, I'd called the normal players for trucking, and, and all these truck companies were like, ah, oh, $700, $600. I'm like, are you frigging kidding me? Yeah. But some, I'd posted on Central Illinois Automotive, where can I use for shipping? And everybody said, go to Fastenal. And I, Fastenal, really? So I went to Fastenal, and they said, 
go to the website. Well, actually, go to the Fastall website. Go to Blue Line. Not Blue Line because Blue Line's like cop stuff. Anyway, something like Blue. Like another carrier? Yeah. Or? Okay. Well, apparently it's Fastenal's carrier, and, and they give you a quote right there. So I said, all right, I got a box. It's this big. It's about 75 pounds. And uh, they gave me a quote, $165. Ship it down Tampa. That's cheap. I didn't think it was bad. So I went in there on Friday afternoon. Uh, I bo- I actually had to box it because nobody in my store knows how to box anything. Like uh, actual wooden crate? Yeah, you okay. should, dude. It's a, I, maybe I'll post a picture. Of it. I did a brilliant job. I mean, I, and, and one of my service advisors, Chad, goes, "You got that stuff like laying around your house?" I'm like, "I've been a homeowner for 30 years. I've I got, got wood. I got two by fours and paneling <laughs> just laying scrap. around." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I I banged out this box in about an hour and a half of sweat equity in my in my driveway, and uh, I took it down to Fast Saw on Friday, and the the bill of lading or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I didn't have the paperwork quite right. And they're like, ah, oh, send us this, send us that, you know. And I sent it back to the guy and it bounced back on Monday so he didn't get the email right. And I'm like, yeah, oh, great. Wednesday, they got it in Tampa. It was already there. No kidding. Yeah. And that's ch- 150 bucks to ship from middle Illinois to Tampa. Yeah. That's a, that's on a, a box, it was basically on a pallet. I, I basically, I, I built the box on top of a small pallet. Okay. That wasn't bad. No, not at all. No, I'm I'm shocked. So uh, I Fastenal has got my business. So anybody who wants to use that anyway, but that was just one of those deals. You know, Central Automotive paid off right there. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw you put that post out. I didn't follow where you ended up yeah. with. So. No, so that worked out perfectly. Anyway, great. So I'm sorry. I just I had to jump into that. No, now, also great. I want to start a new segment on the show, Daryl. What's that? And this this was not in the pre-show prep, folks. Okay. We we. This this show is dialed down to the second. Right now at 44 minutes, we know exactly where the show is going until this very second. I said to Daryl, mm-hmm. we need a Super Tahoe update. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I washed it last week. Oh. I oh. got my foam cannon. I moved it. I put a new battery in it because the battery is dead because it's been sitting for... <laughs> Way too long. If this is too difficult, he's loving segment. this. No, it's fine. No, I actually do. I get I get questioned quite a bit uh, by several friends. Like, hey, what are you doing with that? Are you doing anything? What's the deal? Did you did you get rid of that? Is are you stripping it? Like, what's going on? I'm like, oh. I haven't seen. It. I mean, you used to post pictures of it. You know, what's on my phone? I will put my phone up. It, it looks good. It still looks good, but it is not. It's <laughs> not touched it. Um, I have I I have an active search. For transmissions. And speaking of transmissions, maybe I'll find one with low miles on it and I'll have fast and I'll ship it That'd to be Peoria. Great. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, now, it's, as right now, my, my wife would love for it to go to its oh, next owner. No. Um, oh. Because we have too many cars. Mind you, this is because she recently said we should buy this convertible. Oh, oh you're putting it on her now. I am. Yeah. I am. But no, at some point, and it might be this winter. I might actually just pull the motor and transits in it and just go go all out. <laughs> but right now, I just, I, gosh, this anyway, is hurting right. me. This is hurting. <laughs> and that is your Super Tahoe update. We're going we're gonna to end it before it gets, like, tearful. Yeah. I, I, uh, all right. Have a drink, Daryl. Thank you. All right. Our next segment of the show <laughs> is Race Daily Kill. You may remember this from the last episode, uh, Oh yeah! Before Steve Brown, I believe we uh, did a race daily kill did. with the small hatchbacks, and uh, Daryl came up with this. If you're familiar with the game, um, oh, what what is the original game? Politically correct? It was, 
It was uh, something Mary Kill. That's right. That's right. Something Mary Kill. All right. So we're not marrying. We're racing and we're dailing and we're killing. Yes. And Daryl, what have you come up with this week? All right. So so the cars we're selecting this week are the pony cars of 2020, if you will. And by pony cars, we're talking the Dodge Challenger, the Chevy Camaro, and the Ford Mustang. Now, not the Hellcats and the SS and the not, not the fun version. Full on Cobra, like whatever. These are the base level. Like, hey, I'm 22 and I want a cool coupe, but I have like a 550 credit score, and my dad's going to cosign. So we're going with base <laughs> base model coupes <laughs> with the base motors and the base transmissions. So the 2020 Challenger XX, XXT Coupe, which has an MSRP of 28,095, it's got a 3.6 liter Pentastar V6, uh, 292 horse and an 8-speed auto. You cannot, Eric, you cannot get a 6-speed manual with the base. That's okay. This is still a V6, which I can appreciate. True. True. The other one, uh, the next contender in the stable is the 2020 Camaro, a 1LS Coupe, which is a 2-liter uh, a uh, 275 horse four cylinder with a six speed manual. This sticker is at 25 even. And the last one is the 2020 Ford Mustang, what they call the EcoBoost Fastback, which just sounds it sounds better than it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fast. Ooh, exotic. Remember when Mustangs had like LX and GT? Yeah, yeah I remember when they had those yeah. little vented windows in the back. They were so, so sweet. So yeah. sweet. And this thing has a two liter EcoBoost four cylinder, 300 horse, and a six speed manual, a proper gearbox, as they proper. say. And this sticker is for twenty six six seventy. So, Eric, I would like for you to pick one that you would race, one that you would daily drive, and one that you would just flat out kill. Yeah. Send to the scrap heap. Yeah. Okay. So, I <laughs> at first here's the first thing I did, Daryl, when I saw these cars. I'm like, well, first off, I think a Dodge, Chevy, and a Ford. This selection sucks. I'm going to get online. I'm going to find a coupe and an import. I'm going to find a. I know there's no Toyotas. I know there's no Hondas because I I googled the Honda Accords. Sure. They they killed the Honda Accord coupe back in like 2008, which I didn't even know. I didn't even way. until I until we did this show. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, there are no import coupes in this price range in this size. I mean, I can deal with Civics and some other smaller cars, but there's no larger cars in the coupe. But there are German cars, but those price points is twenty five thousand. Not even close. Not any, any Mercedes or BMW you're going to find in this type of car is going to be forty thousand dollars. So, with that caveat, yes, with that caveat, I succumb to your selections. <laughs> and uh, I love this. Basically, by the way, folks at home, this is the segment is fun just because Daryl wants to piss me off. But like, I really just wanted a segment that Eric and I could argue about and piss <laughs> piss each other off about. All right. Winning. So anyway, Hashtag yeah. So winning. so let's just first off put an asterisk yeah. by this big American coupes, not my thing. Okay. okay. So uh, I looked in my wheelhouse, didn't happen. So <laughs> I'm going to play the game as Daryl put it out here. Yes. I'm, I'm going to daily the Camaro because it's a good okay. looking wide body. Yeah. You know, I can appreciate Bumblebee. And uh, oh, there you go. No, there I do. Go. I do like the big wheels. I like. The, I like the retro look of the car, and I think the Camaro in general has some style to it. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to race the Challenger because of all three of these cars. It's the only one that actually has a decent motor, a, a, you know, a 3.6 liter with 300 horsepower in a V6. Uh, while it is an automatic, it's still respectable because those other two are two liters. Two yeah. liters, I don't care if you got a manual transmission in them. 
I don't care how many horsepower they're spitting out with their turbo or yeah. whatever else they've done to falsify those numbers. <laughs> I don't need to have 12,000 RPMs in order to get my you know, my horsepower out of this thing. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to kill the Stang because there's no self-respecting guy who's ever <laughs> – even a Fox Body 5.0, which was a four-point whatever, yeah, yeah. is still more respectable than this two-liter – 2020 Ford Mustang. That car is twice the size of the F body or the uh, Fox body. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that you've got a two liter engine in it? You should put a, I'm not want to say put a gun in your mouth. I don't want to say anything too derogatory, <laughs> but I would kill that car. And possibly anybody who drives that car tries to petition to me that it's worth its weight and salt. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Strong anyway, words. Strong words. But I think, I think actually my quote on here is WTF is this aberration, is what I called it. Uh, f- that's fair. Uh, it's fair. <laughs> anyway, how do you feel about him, Daryl? How did I rate to you? Well, I, I, I think we can agree to disagree on this one. But I would pick, for similar reasons, I would pick the Challenger daily because I think that V6 would be a lot more forgiving in daily traffic, hills, terrain. Versus the uh, the 8,000 RPM. Versus trying to wind yeah. something out and get some power. I think the V6 also, that 3.6, I've heard, is a great motor. Um, it's Dude, eight-speed automatic in that thing. Like, put a put a six-speed behind it. You can get a six-speed in uh, a Jeep with that same motor. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the value. The eight-speed is all about fuel economy at that point, right? Maybe, maybe that's for cafe standards yes. or something. Anyways, I would daily daily the Challenger. I would uh, I would race the Mustang. Ah, I would race the Mustang, uh, and I would me race out. you all day long in that Challenger, and I would do okay. There's. <laughs> That 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 EcoBoost four cylinder is not a bad motor. Like you said, it's a turbo motor. It's a it's a small four cylinder, and you're going to have to get on the loud pipe most of the time to make that power. But three hundred horses, that's eh, not bad. All right, Gary Uftring, you need to sponsor the show, and you got a Ford Ford store, you got a Dodge store. Let Daryl and I race these two. And just see who's the better if, man. If, if you have a stripped down <laughs> Junker Mustang and Challenger. Maybe I'd kill that Camaro though. I, here's the thing: I actually, uh, my brother-in-law uh, uh, and and his partner actually rented one of the Camaros when they came out. I couldn't fit in that thing to save my life. I had oh. the seat scooted all the way down. It's one of those that has those cool narrow roof lines. Yeah, it does. The windows about six inches. Yep, like the Supra actually. It's great if you're over five ten. You ain't fitting in that. And yeah. So that was my big beef with that. And then when I was when I finally got inside. It's it was all plastic. I remember, like you know, turn, we're we're driving typical, it. Typical GM. Typical GM. And I didn't. I, I just. I remember we were driving it out to Jubilee State Park. We we're on seventy four. And I remember I turned the wipers on, and like I heard so many cracks and snaps when I just turning that switch. <laughs> Please I'm God, like, don't break. Don't. Yeah, it was a Hertz rent a car. I was like, I hope this thing doesn't collapse. It was a great value. Camaro's hundred percent plastic, no dice, and uh, yeah, I like Mustangs. I had a Mustang. My Cobra, just for perspective. My 98 Cobra was 305 horse with a 4.6 32-valve V8. This thing, four-cylinder base, is putting out 300. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know what it sounds like to get to that 300 horsepower? <laughs> it sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. It's terrible. That's <laughs> pretty much what they sound like. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Race Daily Kill, Challenger, Mustang, or Camaro. Info at throwingwrenches.com. It's our new favorite segment to argue with each other. I'm going to throw that up on social media. Let's get right. some traction. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the headlines of the yes. show. We've only been on the show 53 minutes. Oh, boy. All right. So 
international news. You may not be aware, Daryl, but Fiat Chrysler has denied GM's accusations of spying. This we got a couple articles uh, involved with this here, but Fiat Chrysler said GM's attempt to revive federal racketeering case against them was dismissed this week by a judge. It was meritless, and it should be denied. GM said that the amended complaint last week that Fiat Chrysler and co-conspirators are guilty of corporate espionage that directed harm towards GM violated the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. RICO. That's RICO. You always hear about the mob movies. Oh, didn't know anything about that. The RICO Act. Yeah. U.S. News says that Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is calling bribery allegations by General Motors preposterous in a third-rate spy movie. GM and Emotion last week alleged that Fiat Chrysler used foreign bank accounts to bribe union officials so they would stick GM with higher labor costs. And... uh, other in another article that we pulled up here in the Financial Times by uh, Peter Campbell in London, he said the allegation reads like the script from a third-rate spy movie and would make John Lacar cringe. And he added that GM is engaging in a smear campaign. So interesting. So they think and they're alleging that union officials corrupted negotiations with the labor. They say that the Fiat Chrysler possibly influenced uh, the union into getting higher wages from General Motors. That's such a long game. That is a long game. You're going to pay him longer wages, see, in over 20 years. Of all the things you could do. (laughs) Right. Like, if you're going to actually get some shady business stuff going, the last thing I would do is, like, let's get involved with labor and management negotiations. Well, it's just like like Dr. Evil or something like that. Here's what we're going to do. They have solar panels. We're going to put... We're gonna yeah. put uh, silicate in the air, and we're gonna we're gonna draw down their solar ability, and it's gonna. So they're not as efficient. See, <laughs> okay, but won't that take fifty years to do anything? Yes. Doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. That's we're playing the long game. Oh my gosh! Why wouldn't they just make I don't know a better car, defective ball bearings or something? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. How would you even do that? How would you? Or steal a good idea. Maybe that's the other thing. Back in the day, remember industrial espionage, yeah. Eric, where you'd actually have moles that would work well, for so, a company? And, and so there's actually a part of this article that says that a union member on GM's board was a paid mole for Fiat Chrysler. And the company used a network of off- offshore accounts to hide bribes paid to the unions. Uh, we're going to give them better uh, dental coverage next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? I'll take that back. Yeah. yeah. We got to offer yeah. better dental. You need better matching 401k. <laughs> Those sponge mats that they use in the uh, factories. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get better ones. Keep an eye on this article, folks. It's, it is interesting. Uh, it, it's uh, one of those deals where you, just when you think all the nonsense was happening, you know, in the industry, and we, you know, we're having trouble selling cars, making cars. Mm. There's always some other weirdness going on. Some of the drama. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like as the world turns. Yeah, exactly. It's a soap opera. Yeah. Let me. Uh, did Fiat Chrysler buy or just acquire another automaker too? There was some deal. It Not happened. If they did it with somebody small because they, you know, they have no. Is European, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was something while you were on vacation. I'm like, oh, this would be a good story. And I'm like, yeah, who cares? Huh. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Okay. All right. Well, we'll trust We'll trust you. I mean, right. not like we can trust you with a super Tahoe, but anyway. No, it's pretty. It's pretty. Right. Are you ready for one of our long lost segments of the show? Oh, goody. Are we uh, taking a uh, flashback in time? Yes. Carlos Ghosn. Carlos Ghosn. Carlos Ghosn. Former Renault Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn. Ghosn in 60 seconds. <laughs> Whatever. You get the idea. It's our buddy. 
It is our buddy. Now, this one doesn't directly relate to Carlos Ghosn. Disgraced former Nissan company CEO. Yeah, you may not, maybe you're aware the Cloak and Dagger mission, which tells of the tailors allegedly smuggling Ghosn from Japan to Lebanon inside a large black box while he was on bail facing charges of financial misconduct. Father and son accused of helping the former Nissan Motor Company chairman Carlos Ghosn escape his house arrest in Tokyo were denied bail for the third time as a battle extradition request from Japan. So that means these two dudes are sitting in Boston right now, and yeah. and we know how the Japanese law system works, right? Yeah, it's not going to work in their favor. No, probably not. The federal judge in Massachusetts ruled on Friday that the ex-Green Beret Michael Taylor and his son Peter must remain in custody outside Boston while another judge weighs whether they're eligible for extradition under the U.S. treaty with Japan. And we are tight with Japan, so you have to imagine... They're going to get shipped over there. Although this is the Trump administration. These are, yeah. these are patriots, Daryl. Well, they might also, because of the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Oh, that's true, too. They might also, like, yeah, we would normally extradite these criminals, alleged, yeah. alleged criminals. Yeah. But uh, because of this pandemic, we don't want them over here. Yeah. So they'll just be like sentenced via video, and then they probably can't ever go to Japan ever again. Which is fine because I don't think they're planning on. It. I doubt it too. I wonder. I still want to know what the money was involved with this. Like how much they got paid? They had to get paid a lot. At this point, it's not worth the hassle. No, no. But that's a hell of a resume, and uh, they can put that on LinkedIn. Oh, and Soldier of Fortune, man. They yeah. can. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Near. Nearly didn't get arrested getting Carlos going out of out of Japan. <laughs> As you see on my LinkedIn profile, I'm extremely adept at logistics. Yeah, and and Didn't I don't you smuggle a, a disgraced uh, CEO of a Fortune 50 company overseas. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, and I nearly didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to know how much he got paid. Meanwhile, Carlos Ghosn, uh, while he's dodging whatever charges in yes. Japan for financial malfeasance, he's back in his home. Country of Lebanon. Oh, I'm sure he's doing uh, fine work with the Red Cross, helping out in Beirut. Either Dude. that, either that, or he's uh, chilling somewhere seaside, flipping more croissants. Croissants. <laughs> Actually, that does sound good right now. It does. Yeah. Uh, did that video? Did you see those videos? From, oh yeah, from Beirut. That's nuts. I absolutely just see th- that shockwave was yeah. just insane. So when they when that first report came out, they're like, "Oh, it's just fireworks." And I remember seeing who that, said that. I never saw that report. That the first, I think, twelve twenty four hours, they said, "Oh, it was a fireworks factory or cache that got." I think I did blown see up. fireworks. Yeah, you're right. And okay, I think there was because it was like some sparklers like going off or something like that. Yeah, it was like the you know it was like some port where they seize stuff or whatever. And then I saw the blast. Then I saw that shockwave, and I'm like, "Do you remember?" Uh, it was in California. It was in the California desert, and it was it was on like real TV and all that you know reality crap shows back in the nineties. It was probably like ninety two, ninety three. It was a um, uh, what was it? It was a, a company that made rocket fuel and I, like nitroglycerin. I don't remember this at all. No, it was out in the desert. The same thing. The plant caught fire and like everybody bailed. I don't think anybody died. I think everybody's like fire. We're out of here. Yeah. Peace out. They got in their cars and drove off. And, like, a news reporter, like, was up on a butte, like, <laughs> up on a mountain, and you just see this, like, plant, like, probably 10 miles in the distance, and this thing just blows up. So you see the mushroom cloud, and then you see that shock wave, like yeah. a nuclear blast. Yeah. I'm like, that ain't no fireworks, dude. That's – and come to find out, it's like, what was it, 3,000 tons of ammonium nitrate? Yeah, just, just laying there because yeah. they confiscated it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's it wasn't really – 
great. It was pretty terrible, actually. But the, the the amazing thing nowadays is with the footage, so many people were just like, oh, look, there's a fire over there. Let's take a video of it. And then it's just right. bam. I mean, it was like 10 different footages where you saw that compression wave, just the air pressure pressing the moisture out of the air. Just it's insane. It, it was nuts. So whenever you That's why I thought it was I thought it was an atomic bomb. Like that's a bomb. There yeah. was no way that wasn't a bomb. That literally was just a pile of nitrogen or whatever in that that dock. I mean Yeah, ammonium nitrate with fertilizer or yeah. something. Well, and I remember a couple of years ago uh in Texas there was something. There's a fertilizer plant that blew up. Yeah, but it wasn't that. It was nothing like that as no. I recall. And it happened at night too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you couldn't really see it. Yeah. But at the same time, that stuff's scary. Yeah. Um I say that to say this. When I was driving over here, I came across one of those Prax air trucks. Yeah. Uh, and it was hauling, I think it was like liquid nitrogen or something. Like, whatever, it's fine. But I've also seen some volatile stuff in tankers, and I've seen people just cutting trucks off and doing dumb stuff. If that video was any kind of a an eye-opener, like, there's that's scary <laughs> because it was concentrated chemicals in one spot. Yeah. Think about all those semis that haul that stuff on the highways that we drive through all the time. Just give the trucks a little extra space. I was super, super cautious when I was driving over here tonight. I was like, yeah. You're in a convertible. It could, like, burn you to death. That's why. Well, yeah. Um, you know, and I do look I do look out for my skin. Dude, your hair is just, like, awesome. Dude, right it's now, so yeah. bad. It is so bad. I'm getting a cut tomorrow. <laughs> I swear to God. Sorry. All right. All right. All right. Uh, enough distractions, Daryl. we got national news. What, uh, what do we got going on there? All right. So national news. Uh, I did not know this until until this article came to light. Uh, you remember the Chevy Trailblazer from like the 2000s? Right? Kind of, yeah. All right. So it was like a Jeep, you know, inline six. It was nice for a few years and then they disappeared. So they decided, like GM does, to recycle that nameplate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every couple of years, like, hey, we haven't had a Blazer in a while. Let's put the Blazer out there. It's like, <laughs> this is not a Blazer. Uh, but tra- a Trailblazer name is coming back and it's actually now being referred to as the fastest-selling new vehicle in the U.S. Chevy's affordable trailblazer small SUV might be 2021's most unexpected hit. It's flying off of dealer lots faster than any new vehicle since the pandemic struck. That's according to a study by Internet Car Research site iccars.com. I've never heard of that in my life. And it's so funny because they have little I capital I see S, dead people. iccars.com. Yeah. <laughs> little SUV sp- spent an average of just 19 days on dealer lots from March until June. That's a fraction of the 96.9 day industry average for new vehicles. So you're over th- 90 days for new vehicles? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, and nearly a week less than number two. Uh, which is the Kia Telluride. And I have heard a lot of people picking those well, up. Well, they called it the acclaimed Kia Telluride, which uh, I was not aware of its acclamation. The only acclamation is it's cheaper than some other stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the big thing. That this Trailblazer, they say it's affordable. I can tell you this. I mean, a lot of those cheap GM yep. SUVs, I mean, when they throw the rebates out there and the 0% for 84 months. Yeah, $21,000. People are getting these vehicles for like one ninety nine a month, you know, yeah. with a, with a crappy trade-in. So, of course, they're buying these things. Yeah, and if you need good basic transportation, you know, fine. That's fine. But this is not something that you're going to, you know, drive for five, ten years and then give to your kids because yeah. after that time, that motor's toast. It's toast. No. Um, this, I believe, the Trailblazer replaces the Chevy Trax. And if anybody has ever been in a Trax, my dad actually leased two of these things. Oh, really? He did. <laughs> And I'm just going to say this. Uh, you guys have been around the Chevy horn. I'll give you that. Yeah, we have. We have. My dad's, you know, he's been a Chevy guy his whole life. And I, I love I love me some Chevys. That tracks, 
By the way, made in South Korea. It's kind of, I think it's the same motor that was in the cruise, like a little 1.4, 1.3 turbo. We took that thing to Florida in 2015, and it was the worst. It was the <laughs> absolute worst. Not a very well-built car. Just tiny, quality's terrible, the ride's terrible. In the wintertime, the thing was so light in the back that it was it was dangerous. It was dangerous to drive around. Decent little motor, but that's about it. And I, I'm sure over time, the thing started burning hmm. oil. So, and he always, he hate, he laments that he got rid of it. He's like, yeah, I got rid of this and I, I miss my tracks. <laughs> Should have kept it. You know, what he, you know what he liked? What? It wasn't the roominess. It wasn't the quality ride. It wasn't the beautiful construction. Something or the to do with finish. the telecommunications. No, it was the amount of cubby holes that the thing had oh, to store stuff. Interesting. He had little, like <laughs> in the middle of the Typical dash. American. Yeah, it was like. I've got this, and this pocket here is where my mints and my gum go, and here's oh, where my man. my iPass goes, and here's where my phone goes, and I'm like, that's cool, but yeah. like this thing sucks. But your Highlander, okay, so th- this reminds me of, like the Highlander. Yeah, yeah. Highlander's got like a shelf. There's like a little shelf, and there's like a hole that goes through for your charging cords. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the shelf, man. I love that shelf. That was one of the selling features. <laughs> I laugh all the time when I see that shelf like this. I don't have any cars with a shelf. I'm kind of jealous. Well, the sad thing is, in my wife's world, if you have something, a place to put something, yeah. she'll put something there. Yeah. So I thought it was great. And I told her, I'm like, we bought this car. I'm like, okay, you and I, we're going to keep this thing clean, yeah. you know, whatever. Now that shelf has got like baby wipes, sanitizer, a little satchel of lavender with essential oil in it. I'm like, what the hell is this? Well, that's in case, you know, I don't know. It just, it just keeps it smelling fresh. Oh, yeah. Well, but that's the nicest smelling Highlander in central Illinois. Anyway. All right. Every three months when I clear it out and throw everything in the dumpster, it is. I'll, first off, I'm going to call BS on that story. I do. And she, oh, come on. All right. Trust me, we get into First stupid off, arguments. Face, Facebook poll, who believes that? Dude, I don't. No, we get into stupid arguments. It's usually because I threw something of hers out. All right. Further, <laughs> <laughs> further national news here. We got the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, signed the nation's first law regulating flying cars last month, a move that experts say could serve as a stepping stone towards a technology becoming widely available. Meet George Jetson. Mm-hmm. Elroy. Anyway. <laughs> Seriously, flying cars. <laughs> the legislation formalizes the inspections, registration fees processed around the so-called roadable vehicles that allows them on public roads. Vehicles which are under development can be used on both the road and in the air and are seen by some in the industry as a forerunner of the electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, E-V-T-O-L-S. Under the manufacturer's plans, they would be driven what? to an airport, have their wings folded out and have a pre-flight inspection, and then be flown. Daryl. 2020 is, flying cars. It's happening. It, why is everything spoken as if it's a foreground? Oh, like they say in the business, those E-V-O-T-O-S's. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course we know about that. What the hell? That's the first time I've ever heard that. I've never heard that one either. Even though flying cars are still some years off, creating a regulatory framework now helps lay the groundwork for when the technology is more mature, according to those involved with helping to draft the legislation. As in people can't mess with it? I guess. I mean... I guess if there's a law built around it, you have to assume that there's some legitimacy to it. I mean, groundwork is great. <laughs> Frameworks, you know, a nice thing to work towards or work with. But how the heck are we going to manage that? I well, uh, New Hampshire is working on it right now. New Hampshire has a plan. Is it? Is was uh, John Sununu? Is this his son? Uh, well, first off, it's just like. 
Clintons, Bushes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If your name's Sununu, you're you know there was some Sununus in the Reagan. Was there a Reagan Sununu? He was in the Bush administration, I think. Okay. My John, good friend. John Sununu. John Sununu. Yeah. Because so, I remember that name. Yeah. So, yeah, I would imagine they're related because that's how politics work in the United States. You have to be related to somebody, right? You're crazy. I thought it was a free and fair <laughs> elections and the process of democracy. Anyway, so I'm telling you, flying cars are happening. Soon enough, Daryl and I will be talking about the flying Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, which might actually work pretty well. Yeah. All right, so shifting gears, we're actually going to spotlight some local news here. Anybody who followed um, uh, some local press a couple weeks ago probably remembered hearing about a string of automobile thefts. It was one of those where uh, they had some security camera footage. You know, if you or anybody else knows this person, uh, crime stoppers, crime stoppers, five hundred dollars. We don't want your name, just your information and your name. Yeah. Um, and the phone number you called in. And the phone, everything, <laughs> everything about you. But no, uh, thanks to some tips and actually some good police work, um, they actually, uh, Peoria Police it conducted a, a covert operation where they arrested several juveniles in a sting of burglaries at local car dealerships. There was actually a used car lot and then a, a local Mazda dealership, Shira Mazda. And here's the kicker. I'll, I'll spare you. I'll just summarize everything. A couple cars. Not a long stuff. article. Sorry. But the... Folks that were arrested in one of the cases were aged 10 to 15, and the other one, uh, the other case, they busted four juveniles ranging in ages from 13 to 14, and they got them for possession of uh, stolen property over $5,000, motor vehicle theft, yada, yada, yada. But as we all know, the current court system here, if you're a juvenile, you're probably not going to do a whole lot of time, even if it is a repeat offense, and it's multiple thousands of dollars worth of stuff. The thing that gets me is the, the 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 age of that. Now, I don't know if it's younger crews working as part of an initiation so that older people call the shots and then they don't get they don't have to do the time or what. Um not quite sure how that all thing worked, but in the age of smart keys, anti-theft systems that are coming from, you know, the factory in these cars, uh, you know, immobilization and stuff like that. How can this still happen? Do you actually have to steal the key or are they actually like hot wiring stuff? That's what I really want to know because it just seems like today versus even like 20, 30 years ago where you could hotwire a car, you know, jerk the ignition switch out. Yeah, impossible now. Uh, I, well, and so I've, I've seen this. Actually, the guys across the street from us and some yeah. guys on Tremont, uh, a couple of dealerships in the area, and, and we kind of share this knowledge. I think actually maybe a year ago I post – we talked about this on maybe a pre-show or a post-show uh, – about how the the Peoria Automotive Dealer Association was monitoring these type of situations, but what we've noticed is it's all smash and grab. So, oh, okay. um, like uh, God, Middle is the one who's across the street from us. Um, Middle called me immediately the next morning after they'd been broken into, saying, "Hey, we were broken into last night." And what they do is they drive a car, or a stolen car, into the front door, mm. knock out a window, and then somebody will run inside and they'll try and steal all the keys. Uh, because really, once you have all the keys a lot, nowadays, because uh, computer chip keys are so hard to get and so hard to transfer, they know that a dealership, even whether it's our store, whether it's Mid-Illini, we can't duplicate the keys and move those cars off the lot with any efficiency. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Even, if that, even if the aftermarket key guy shows up... Uh, because those are all like laser cut and yes. they have to code, like computer and code them, right? Exactly. So, and we're not going to be able to wipe those cars in the meantime. So what are you going to do? 
put put wheel chocks in all of them, you know, it's not going to happen. So yeah. what happens is the next day, after they stole maybe one or two, next day or two two or three days later, they show back up and try and steal them. So I saw it in Tremont. Uh, like I said, it's happened in a couple of stores around us. Peoria's hit, been hit a lot. It's usually smaller lots because what happens is you have to lock the keys up in the store. Mm-hmm. And if you're not okay. locking them up, you leave them out. I think when I talked to the guys from Tremont, I shouldn't say, you know, shouldn't say I talked to them, but... They left their keys out. I mean, they, they weren't real scientific with their method on that. Okay. And that's what burned them. And they were still looking for cars a week later, you know, when I talked to them. So that's what's going on. It's, uh, and I, I wonder if it's not so much even initiation, right? If it's like we can get these younger kids to do this and not worry about prosecution. Yeah. Yeah. What are we out? It's scary. I, you know, I worry a lot about. <laughs> What folks are growing, especially with our younger niece and seeing more time with the younger kids and stuff, it's like it's all about the home life. And I don't know what kind of home life that Dude, it's is. Like, it's like a Dickens novel. It's like it's yeah. like it's like they're sending out all the little homeless kids, you know, in order to to steal and bring back to the greedy thief, you know. Dude, when you were twelve, what were you doing? Uh, playing GI Joe. Same. I, I was yeah. riding my BMX bike, you know, eating yeah. candy uh, and and doing dumb kid stuff. Yeah, I wasn't stealing, you know, a Challenger out of a lot. Yeah, but you didn't have YouTube either. <sighs> That's the worst. Yeah, technology's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, is it about that time? Eric? It is that time, Daryl. You know, we've all been waiting forever for this. It's time for your moment of musk. This could be a real easy one this this week. Uh, you can find this hard to believe, Daryl, but Elon was on Twitter. No. Yes, in August tw- August seventh, Elon got on Twitter and he posted a meme of Bernie Sanders. He called it the official Bernie Sanders drinking game. This was in reply to Tesla Rati, another popular. Twitter account. It said here every time that the Bernster mentions a free government program, chug somebody else's beer. Ha 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 ha! Elon, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it is pretty funny. But Bernie Sanders responded that same day at Bernie Sanders. Every time Elon Musk pokes fun at a government assistance for the ninety-nine percent, remember that he would be worth nothing without the four point nine billion dollars in corporate welfare. Oh, Elon just loves corporate social. Oh, Elon just loves corporate socialism for himself. Rugged capitalism for everybody else. That is your moment of must. Got burned by Bernie. Anyway, are they moving to Texas? Bernie, Bernie owned him there. He did. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'll give him. I and I give Bernie credit because Bernie jumped on him that same day. Did he? Yeah. What's funny about that to me? Is the dichotomy, you would think that Bernie Sanders and Elon Musk would be like best friends. Hey, man, we're both green. We're all about the new economy and all this. But Elon Musk is a capitalist. He's a capitalist shark through and through. He's getting worse. Yeah. He's getting worse. (laughs) But that's beside the point. Yeah, so it's kind of funny to me because I would would think that the people driving Teslas would have Bernie Sanders bumper stickers on their cars. But I sometimes think that maybe those two mentalities don't go together. Very interesting. You would think. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. Ah, time will tell. All right. So we, we know one thing for sure. Bernie Sanders will not be president this year. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of things that aren't going to happen, do we have some new cars for the Cars of the Week segment, which, by the way, a lot of people say is their favorite segment? Oh, man. Well, I'm glad they waited this long on the show for it, okay? Yeah. I always have a little story behind everything I do. Well, and your pick this week is extremely unique. 
and it actually speaks to one of my passions that I will probably never act on. So go ahead. All right. So the other night I was on Amazon Prime and I found this great little movie called Bottle Shock. It's with Alan Rickman. And it's about how uh, the California wineries kind of showed up at a French tasting and they proved that the California wines uh, were as good as, as the world wines and especially the French wines. But the funny thing about that little movie is there's tons of cool French cars in it. There's Peugeots, Renaults. There's some killer Citrons. I, I, the Citron, I'm telling you, Daryl, like, it looks like a sexy Barracuda. What, what is the model? As the DS. That's the the, DS. the really cool, sleek, long, low oh, slung the, car. The nose is like two thirds of the car, and, and yeah. yeah, it's just they're beautiful cars. They're like space age. And how this this model doesn't like translate to the United States is beyond me. Very rare in North America. Yeah. So well, here's what I did. Of course, I got in Car Gurus, and I had to see if there's any of those cars out there, and there wasn't. Uh, and then I I found the Renault Four, which was a cool little hot hatch as far as I was concerned. And there mm-hmm. were some Renault 4s out there and Bring a Trailer had sold some Renault 4s but there weren't actually alive right now. I actually put a link on Bring a Trailer to one that just sold and uh, I was like, man, that car's sweet. But technically, Daryl, by the rules of the game, that is not a car of the week because it's not for sale right now. So, okay, okay. so what I did... I went to the I went to the lowest plumbing of the French automobiles. I went to the Citron, the two CV, or as they say, the Dochevaux. 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 Okay. Well, Daryl knows more about this. Mm. I do. Oui. So this this is the car. <laughs> this this car looks like it's made out of tinfoil. If you open the doors in this car, it looks like you're sitting on your grandma's oldest. Uh, lawn chair because it's just got the like the single straps. It's like fabric, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. like woven seats. Yeah, and as Daryl called it when we did the pre-show, it looks like uh, it basically looks like the French version of the Beetle. The back end looks like it's just hung up on like one giant spring, and just like bounces, you know. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, this car I found to bring a trailer. It's a 1982 Citroen. What did, what do I call that? Two CV Docheval. Docheval. Uh, it was it was a Monte. Caliaro edition car uh, built in Spain to commemorate the 1982 FIFA World Cup. It's finished in red and white. It's obnoxious in its color. It's, it's beautiful, got, actually. It's got an air-cooled 602cc flat twin paired with a four-speed manual transaxle. It's said to have been imported in the United States in the 2000s. This car right now is going for $5,500. I did look. I do believe this is the same one, or it's very similar to another one from the same FIFA World Cup that went for 12000 about a year ago. Oh, wow. But I think this car is a showstopper. I think it's a it's a cars and coffee or a local auto show. Just people stop and look and go, what is that thing? Absolutely. Especially with a clean title. This car has a clean Florida title. Um, this would be a lot of fun. And I think you could own this car for the next 20 or 30 years and probably enjoy having it in your garage. What's neat about these, when you look at them and look at how they're constructed, I think they came out in 1952. I might be wrong on that. I think they were 52. I think the DS was 55. This was definitely towards the uh, the, the, the lower end of the economic spectrum. It's like, hey, you need, you're need you tired of your scooter? Yeah. You want a, something that you can fit people this is in? Is a Yugo? It's basically like a Yugo. Everything in here, it, it, when you look at these in person, and there is a blue, there's a, there's a blue one that runs around to cars and coffee sometimes. I don't know what happened to it, but I, I've seen it twice or three times in the last couple of years. What blows you away when you look at these things is, first of all, how tiny that motor is. And it, it is front, front engine, front wheel drive. Uh, the back, the trunk area is, I mean, it's pretty much non-existent. Interior is decent size for how small it is. Mm-hmm. But what's fun, besides the seats, so everything in there, there's not this giant, 
you know, factory interior. It's basically just like it's like lawn chairs. It's like an airplane. It is. It's like literally the, the if you were in a basic airplane with no insulation. I mean, it's just aluminum sidewalls and everything, right? Very tiny. Um, almost look like bomber seats from a World War II plane. Yeah, There's, it's, it's hilarious. There's nothing. The stampings of the panels are so simple that the windows don't roll up and down. There's no regulators. There's they no flip. cranks. They flip almost like a bus. Yeah. Uh, the top. Most of these have like a rollback sunroof. True. Yeah, that's right. There's hardly any sheet metal on the car. It's just very simple stampings. So it's almost like to see that it's a study in how like elegant elegant simplicity or something like that. It's industrial design meets you know French poetry. It's actually it's a fascinating little <laughs> car. Daryl's having a romance with this car. It was, it was my car. choice, but you probably <laughs> you'd probably hate it after about thirty miles. You'd probably be like, my butt hurts, my back is sore, this thing sucks, I can't pass anything. <laughs> if from here to like your local wine yard, uh, wine yard, vineyard, uh, Mackinac Valley vineyard, yeah. it'd be a fun little car. But that's like a 20-minute drive. Yeah. After that, it'd probably suck. I don't, the paint's kind of obnoxious. I understand what it was for. But uh, I think I would get I, – I feel like that, that blue color, yeah. that like World War II – standard blue that those things came in, I think yep. I'd want to paint it just to make it look like it was more retro than it is. Yeah. The fact that this car was still being manufactured in 1982 blows my mind as a new vehicle. Well, because I think the crash tests and stuff didn't really exist. No, no they couldn't have. I mean, <laughs> it was like... built in Spain, though. Spain, you know, who, I mean, who was running the country in Spain in 1982? Someone who likes soccer. Franco, Franco's kid or something? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Cute little car. Great pick. I would have never... Seen that one coming. Thank you. Uh, well done, sir. It goes into my uh, virtual museum. All right. All right. Daryl, um, now, yeah. you say you wouldn't, didn't see mine coming. Mm-hmm. I never saw this one on the radar with you. Yeah, I actually uh, I stayed over in Europe this time, and uh, I have always loved Porsches. From the 356 to the 914. My uncle's had a couple of those. Uh, I, I like the newer stuff, too. But there's something that resonated with me with the 928. And I know when I say I like Porsche 928s. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody ever resonated with that. Everybody's that like, I'm aware of. Huh. That's the, re- that's the reply you get. Because the 911 folks hate the 928s. And up until a few years ago, I'd say five, ten years ago, most everybody hated them. Guess what? The values of those things are starting to climb. Which is nuts. It's insane. There's stuff out there from 20 to 50 grand. I saw a f- one for 49.95 that was... Forty nine thousand dollar nine twenty eight, which was just crazy. But then it had like ten thousand miles. It was beautiful. It had like you know uh, every window sticker still and everything. Mm-hmm. So I actually went looking for a decent nine twenty eight that wasn't a totally roached out piece of garbage <laughs> and wasn't totally pristine. And I found this on eBay. It's a seventy nine Porsche nine twenty eight. Uh, that year came with the. Uh, they came out in seventy eight, and they marked Porsche's first foray into a V eight powered uh, touring car, GT car. And it was actually, when these came out, they were supposed to replace the 911 because, rightfully so, uh, the folks at Porsche thought, well, that's kind of an old platform. You need to get rid of it. And if you look at this thing, it's designed by uh, some dude named Wolfgang something or other. And uh, they are a, they still look great today. They still look fresh. They still look new. Uh, the, this one is uh, finished in like a kind of a champagne bronze. It's a beautiful brown, yeah. Yeah, and it's got the... Uh, uh, brown leather seats. They Those had five spoke alloys. Yeah, they've got uh, the beautiful. I think people call them like the rotary phone wheels. Mm-hmm. The early ones had that, and then they kind of got goofier. These, I think, the seventy nine to like eighty two, eighty four, something like that, are the purest form. 
And then after that, they started throwing, well, the, the design looked good, but we're going to freshen it up with like a rear fascia upgrade or s- different headlights. They had some cladding they started adding to them later on too, right? Yeah, and I think those were called like the nine or the 928 S2s or something. I, I'm not a Porsche guy, but uh, it's crap. They started getting bloated and disgusting. These were great. 4.5 liters, single overhead cam V8 with mechanical fuel injection. 1980 cars here in the States eventually it's a big, it's got... It's a big engine. Yeah. They actually... Uh, they, the engine grew, and they actually added a, a twin cam version, so 32 valves. Uh, this one's got a five-speed. If you ever watch the movie Weird Science... Oh, yeah. There's a Wyatt. scene where Wyatt has a black one of these. That's right. And he does a burnout. Uh, when they leave the mall, they get the slushies dumped on them. Is that from, where he sticks his uh, his uh, tongue in, uh, what's her name's ear? Kelly LeBrock's ear? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and he goes to pick up. She likes the wild stuff. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> and so they invite him to the house party or whatever. And then like, you know, see you guys later or whatever. And they do this huge burnout in a mall parking lot. And that's you hear the 32-valve the V8. Just singing, and yeah. just the tires just obliterated, and the thing just takes off and goes through the parking lot. It never seemed like it was legit. I remember when he when he peeled out, and I'm like, that yeah. wasn't the actual Porsche that did that. Totally was. Yeah, that's, totally was. That doesn't seem right to me, but okay. Great cars. Now, the one thing that's uh, that I really like about this car, as much as I'm not a fan of this vehicle, mm-hmm. is those pop up headlights when they come up. Yeah, they're almost like a true round light, aren't they? Yeah, they have like a little tapered bucket at yeah. the end of them. Yeah, and when you look at them, it almost looks like when you look at a 928 from the front. The, first of all, the back profile is just beautiful. I, that's what gets me. It's that there's round. A, there's a lot of vinyl. As I recall, the spoiler on that's plastic. So, I mean, if that car's mint. That probably still looks decent, but if it had any sunlight on it, it's screwed. And most of these seem to come up for sale in Florida. Yeah. I think they were probably super popular in Florida because, I don't know. Because they Florida. Were. They had yeah. money. Um, and every one of them, the vinyl and the, the rubber is baked. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And people have sprayed that back-to-black crap on there. <laughs> two car washes. New later, black. It's yeah. gone. No, but those that if you look at the 928 from the front, it looks like a great white shark that's about to take a bite out of something. Yeah, yeah. It's just an evil-looking car. Yeah. They're also a nightmare to work on, from what I've heard. A lot Dude, of this stuff... Dude, the hood is so long, you think it'd be easy. Well, there's so... Uh, German cars of that era, there's so much uh, plenums and rubber boots and hoses and clamps. If you look at an engine bay pick, and this is a nice 33,000-mile original car, which is great, but every piece of rubber on there, there are so many hose clamps and so many tensioners and so much going on that what I've read about the 928 is these things fell into disrepair because people said, I don't want to change the timing belts because that's going to be, or timing, whatever, uh, because that's going to be like a $3,000 job. So they would just drive it until it blew up or they would. How sad is that? But I mean, this was basically the bargain Porsche at the time. I mean, this one is a V8. There was, I mean, a smaller engine model, I assume? No, I think they were all this, and okay. then eventually they grew. Okay, um, but this was still on, on the low scale, the Porsches, right? They were. and I wouldn't say it's the boxer of its generation, but would that be a fair statement, 928? Yeah, they came, they, when they came out, they were, they were considered a, a touring car, and they, they were a great handling car. They probably were respectable, but a 9, 911 Turbo. Dude, how fun would this be on that uh, time oh. speed rally? Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, they also had a cool mod interior. So if you didn't get the leather, which this one has, and it's in pretty decent shape, um, they had a red and uh, I'm sorry, a white and black checkered. Oh kind God! Of mod I had a Volkswagen with that back in the eighties. Oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. But you look at Germans had style. If you look at a, a Corvette or you look at yeah, a like Kraftwerk had style. Okay. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You had to appreciate it. 
You had to be smart. <laughs> I don't and know. be good at math. You'd be good at math and stuff. But if you <laughs> took like a like a two eighty Z or I'm trying to think of some other car that would be like a two door coupe GT car of that era. Yeah. It just this was this was from another world. And it was Germany. It was just a phenomenal car. Um I don't know. Six to six to eight K is what used examples used to go for. I think they're climbing values on this. This thing is asking nineteen grand. I think if you find something nice for under fifteen, grab it and hold on to it because I think they're going to keep climbing. Yeah, I, I almost have to agree. I this car was, this was kind of a throwaway car ten years ago. It was. I think you could find these for five and six thousand dollars in general disrepair. You can. Yeah. There's it, one for eighteen hundred right now that was in a fire. <laughs> And I looked at it. I'm like, it looks pretty clean. Well, yeah, you know, the wires are all burned up. Yeah, that's just what you need, Daryl. Put an LS yeah, in it. Yeah, you got a Tahoe. Let's take care of that. <laughs> I I'm going to have the Tahoe update for the next year, I believe. I think that might be a community fundraiser. Yeah. That might be. <laughs> or maybe some mentoring program. Maybe I'll drop it off at a high go, school. Just drop it off at, with Todd Fortier. Maybe you get that worked out <laughs> Vocational for center. Yeah, exactly. ICC, no? Doesn't want to sponsor it? No, this is a cool car. I I have a new appreciation for him. I think, uh, and we were talking about risky business. Yes, I mean, it, I mean, yes. This was the risky business car. This was the '80s movie car. It definitely. How funny was. is that? Because you know, there's a 911 that shows up every once in a while to, to uh, autocross an '80s model. Yeah, it can't be a '90s model, and it's so long, and the tires are so narrow, and even when it's racing, you're like. That's not a 911. It's not like a modern 911. It's yeah. not like an ancient. I, I, there's just something about this generation. I think Porsche had kind of invested their time and their energy into the wider tires and the sportier car. And I think maybe this 928, I think they really had ambitions for this kind of a body style. They did. Just never really panned out. And the, you know, the 911 still was a thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like the Corvette or it's kind of like the Mustang. You know, Ford came up with the probe that was going to get rid of the Mustang because, hey, Mustang had its day. Yeah. We're ready to move on. Yeah. And the fans said, mm, we don't care. We want this. Yeah. And, you know, same thing with the Mustang or with the Corvette people, you know, oh, the mid-engine Corvette, that's going to be a flash in the pan. Well, maybe, but maybe not. And I give GM a lot of credit for what they're doing because they've taken, you know, 60-some years of history and said, this is the future, period. Yeah. We don't care what the nasty letters or the guys with the orthopedic <laughs> shoes are going to say. Those jean shorts, we don't care. I mean, I – and that's what Porsche did with this. <clears throat> now they still, you know, do what they do, but – if it wasn't for the 928, we wouldn't probably have the other cars in the Porsche lineup, like the Panamera, which I love, which nobody likes. Uh, um, what's the giant uh, SUV? Cayman. Or no, that's a uh, Cayenne. 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 Okay. But you know, you still have you still have the enthusiast, the diehard fun cars, and then you have like the grown up sports well, cars. And that's the thing. You got to have your halo car. You got to get people in the door. But ultimately, they have to sell cars. In order you have to sell the the cars that. That make the bulk of the right. uh, of your sales in order to pay for the halo cars in order to have those special cars in the lot. So True. they are what they are. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I give you credit on this one, Daryl. I had Thanks, never. Brother. I hadn't thought about this one in, in a long time, and uh, I could see it. I could see owning one of these actually. So it's cool. Keep I an like eye. it. Keep I an like eye it. open. Yeah, uh, but I swore on my life I'd never own another German car. Really? Yeah, I swore it. I swore it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I. Daryl, I think this is actually a moment of celebration. Neither you nor myself have bought a car in the last two weeks. No, no. It's actually been a pretty good couple of weeks. <laughs> Tune in next time when Eric and Daryl both buy a back car. on their word <laughs> and ruin their lives. Okay. I think you have come to the end of another throwing episode or throwing wrenches episode. 
we hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know. We're at info at com. You can also share some of these uh, uh, past episodes. Some folks are, have said they're catching up on older Dude, episodes. that frightens me when somebody says, oh, yeah, I've been listening. Heart guy, palpitations. Yeah, the guy, uh, the uh, narcs guy said, yeah, I've been listening to all of them. I've been, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, because I yeah. went back. I, I think I had some something come on my Facebook said, two years ago today, you and Daryl recorded episode yeah. number three or something like that. I'm like, oh, man. Those I are- haven't listened no. I haven't gone back because I just I would be cringing the whole yeah. time. Well, I'd cringe at some of these newer ones too. But oh, uh, so does everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we're glad you're here, and thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. See ya. Bye. <laughs>